0: Hello, I'm Ryan Bull, a Stratfor Middle East and North Africa analyst at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, powered by Stratfor, the world's leading geopolitical intelligence platform. Learn more at worldview.stratfor.com. You are listening to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, powered by Stratfor. I'm Emily Donahue. Before the end of 2021, three South American nations will hold consequential elections Argentina, Chile, and Venezuela. All three have had their own political, economic, and social fallout from the pandemic. What's at stake going forward? Carmen Golosi is here to tell us. She's Stratford Latin America analyst at RAIN. Welcome, Carmen.
1: Thanks, Emily. So glad to be here.
0: Can we start with Argentina? Can you talk a little bit about some of the basics we need to know?
1: Sure. So, to set the stage, we have in Argentina two different factions. We have the leftist Peronists and the center-right, and they are both vying for control of the Congress. Now, in the primary, we saw the leftist Peronists be more or less beat by the center-right faction. In the presidential seat, we have the leftist Peronist government, which is controlled by Alberto Fernandez. And this is really consequential because we are going to see um, if the government is going to have a Congress that is going to be majorly supportive of his agenda or majorly against his agenda.
0: Well, what would be the implications of this election results that are coming up?
1: So there's two scenarios that we are looking at. The first is that if the Peronists win a majority in the Congress, we are going to see a continuation of these kind of leftist populist policies. Um, And we are going to see a relative amount of stability in the Argentine political spectrum. However, in the second scenario, if the Peronists lose, we're going to see the government be significantly weakened Now, this could really affect the upcoming negotiations for a debt deal with the IMF because the Congress is the one that must sign off on any IMF deal. And that could be a really big issue if we have the president, which wants to approach the negotiations in one way, and the Congress, which wants to approach the negotiations in a different way.
0: All right, thanks for that, Carmen. Let's go on to Chile. Uh, Its presidential and general elections are in November. What are some of the trends we're looking at?
1: So a few trends that we're looking at is one, we are seeing a wave of political newcomers. We have these kind of two front-running men of different factions. Again, we have Gabriel Boric, and he is a student leader, someone that has been traditionally very leftist, and then on the other side, we have Sebastian Sichel, and he is a little bit more traditional right-wing. He's held positions in the government before, but both of them are relatively political newcomers in a country that hasn't had political newcomers in a long time. Some trends that we're going to see touched on are these kind of indigenous land rights. We're going to see them having to talk about water rights. And we're also really going to see them focus on the healthcare system and how that can be really pushed into the public sector.
0: Let's talk about some of the issues that people are going to be voting on.
1: The candidates will really have to make their stance known on two different issues. The first is the withdrawal from the pension funds. Now, Chile has a privately held pension system, and throughout the pandemic, they have had Chileans have had the opportunity to withdraw 10% from these privately held pension funds in order to cover pandemic costs. Now, they're trying to push another a fourth withdrawal from the private pension funds, and this is something that will be a real heated debate between the two candidates, like I said, one that's more leftist and one that's more in center-right. Another key issue will be rising inflation in Chile. Like the rest of Latin America, Chile is facing significant levels of inflation, which is making things everything from food to oil to building houses, more expensive. This is something that is a issue that is very close to how voters are are going to cast their ballot. And it's something that both um, presidential candidates will really need to address in order to um, win the vote.
0: Thanks for that, Carmen. In Venezuela now, uh, of course, Venezuela has had a difficult relationship with the West, especially the U.S. Can you set the stage for me?
1: In Venezuela right now, we are seeing a continued difficult relationship with the United States. Obviously, the U.S. has a trade embargo on Venezuela. And currently, we are seeing the Venezuelan opposition and the Venezuelan government having a negotiation process in Mexico City. And the U.S. has, in some ways, entrusted the negotiations to the head of the opposition. Of course, the White House will have the final say on what concessions are made from the U.S. This is something that can really test the political system in Venezuela, which for the past few years has been dominated by this leftist socialist party.
0: And let's just talk directly about what effects these regional elections in November might
1: have on the regime there. The regional elections will really test the negotiation process. This is going to be something that we're going to see. Are the negotiations going to reach some form of a deal where the government is going to agree to an international audit of the um, regional elections? Or are the negotiations going to fall and crumble under the pressure of the election? And this is really key because this is going to be a crucial sign to see if these negotiations are going to be able to tackle some of the larger issues, such as sanctions on the oil and gas sector, or things like holding free and fair elections in the presidential election in 2024. So this is going to be the first big test of the negotiation process.
0: Carmen Colosi is Stratfor Latin America analyst at RAIN. Sign up for the free Worldview newsletter today. Find out more at slash worldview. That's slash worldview. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.